Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. I have a riddle for you. What do a dry well, a bucket and a squeegee, two dreams, a kid named Artie, a colorful coat, a lot of sheep, and the number 12 have in common? Well, if you said today's adventure in Odyssey, you're absolutely right. Of course, to find out just how all these things fit together, you'll have to listen to the episode. And we'll get started with it right after this. Defending truth, justice, and lots more true. True. It's Captain Absolutely. And now you can read the revised and expanded comic series with 20 pages of new storylines. An explosion at the local library traps Josiah King in a room full of Bibles and radioactive fumes. The powerful combination transforms Josiah into a superhero. Created by Adventures in Odyssey's own Wooten Bassett, join Captain Absolutely in his fight against Dr. Relative. Pick up your copy now at adventuresinodyssey.com. Oh, hear that sound? It means Bernard Walton is hard at work making sure all the windows here at Wits End are squeaky clean. Let's join us. Ah, there. That takes care of the side windows. Now for the door. Better put up the do not enter sign, otherwise one of these kids will come busting through there. And... Oh, Mr. Walton, are you all right? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Fine. I wonder if I can get combat pay for this job. You're one of the Paul kids, aren't you? Yeah, one of them. Mm-hmm. Hand me that squeegee, right? Now, don't tell me. Let me guess. You're, um, you're Michael. Nope. Uh, then you must be Thomas. Uh-uh. No, no. Philip. Nope. No, my... Well, I know you're not Jane or Kathy. Are you Harold? No, I'm Artie. I told you not to tell me. I was the only one left. But you know all our names anyway. Well, I come from a big family myself. Three brothers and two sisters. I know how it feels to be left out of roll call. So when I come across a big family, I make it a point to learn all the kids' names. That way, around me at least, nobody gets left out. Hand me that spray bottle, here you go. Uh, can I ask you a question, Mr. Walton? Let's <laughs> go away. Did you like coming from a big family? Well, I didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah. Was there ever a time when you didn't like it? No, I guess so. Why? Just wondering. No, no, you weren't. No, no, what happened? Lots of things. I love my brothers and sisters, Mr. Walton. Sometimes they can be a big pain. Well, it could be worse, you know. You only had six of them. Now, I know a kid that had 12. 12? Yeah, his name was Joseph. Joseph? Yeah, you know, son of Jacob, also known as Israel, son of Isaac, son of Abraham, father of the Jews in the Old Testament. No, this is ringing a bell, is it? Uh, not really. What do they teach kids these days? I guess it's up to me. All right, sit down there on that planter. Don't smudge my windows. I'll tell you about it. Now, like I said, Joseph had 11 brothers and one sister. If you think you had problems with your family... Was he my age? Are you 17? Uh, no. Then he wasn't your age. Now, they lived in a place called Canaan. They they were in the sheep business. Sheep? Yeah. You know, woolly white things that go bad. Kids don't know what sheep are. I never saw them. Anyway, they raised them and sold them, that sort of thing. In fact, sheep got Joseph in Dutch with his brothers in the first place. Really? How? Well, one time the brothers got lazy while they were watching the flocks, and Joseph told their father about it. No wonder they were mad at him. Well, that was only part of the problem. 
See, Jacob loved Joseph more than all the other kids. In fact, Jacob loved Joseph so much, one day he gave him a very special present. A coat. Oh, Father, a beautiful coat and so many colors. Well, go ahead, Joseph. Try it on. It fits wonderfully. What did I ever do to deserve such a gift? Why should you have to do anything? You're my son. That's reason enough. But none of my brothers have a coat such as this. Wait a minute. Joseph was the only one that got a coat? Uh-huh. That probably made the others upset, didn't it? Upset? After Joseph got the coat, the brothers were so mad they couldn't say a kind word to him. Ah, oh, poor Joseph. Yeah, well, it gets worse. See, later on, the brothers took their father's flock to a place called Dothan to graze. Seeing as how they were so mad at him, Joseph stayed behind. But well, one day, Jacob called for Joseph. I want you to go and see how your brothers are getting along and bring me word. Uh, are you sure, Father? Of course. Why not? Well, the last time, they were angry because I gave them a bad report. All the more reason to send you this time. Now go. Yes, Father. Well, well. Reuben, Simeon, come quickly. What is it, Judah? Look, in the distance. I'd know that coat anywhere. It's Joseph. Now, why do you think he's here? Why? To spy on us, of course. You don't know that, Simeon. Don't I, Reuben? Have you forgotten what happened the last time? The trouble he caused? Telling father we were loafing. We were loafing, and several sheep were lost because of it. He didn't have to tell father that. The rest of us agreed to keep quiet. Now, why couldn't he? The dog. You speak as though you hate him. I do hate him. Can you tell me you love him? Well? I thought not. I may not love him, Simeon, but he is still my brother. Hmm. More of a bother, if you ask me. Yes. Well, I know how we can make sure he'll never bother us again. Keep quiet, Simeon. Why should I? Tell me you haven't had the same thoughts, especially after those dreams he's had about us. Dreams? What dreams? Oh, I, I didn't tell you about the dreams? No, you didn't. Oh, good, Bernard. Just leave out the most important part of the story. All right. Uh, Joseph was what you call a prophet, you see. That is, God told him through dreams about things that were going to happen in the future. What kind of things? I was just about to get to that. Now, in this case, they were things about him and his family. Now, one morning at breakfast, Joseph came running up to his brothers and said, Brothers! Brothers! Listen to this dream I had. We were out in the fields, tying up bundles of wheat. Suddenly, my bundle stood straight up, and all of your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before it. Actually told them that? Yeah, he wasn't that much on discretion. How'd the brothers take it? Well, how do you think? What do you mean our bundles bowed down to yours? Well, that's... that's what happened. That, that's what happened? I guess you think this means we'll bow down to you, huh? Well, you want to be our king, do you? Well, no, I... Go away, you dreamer. Yes, go back to your dreams. Yeah, that's how I thought they'd take it. No, I was nothing compared to the second dream. It came a couple days later, and this time Joseph's father heard about it, too. Listen, everyone, I had another dream last night. Uh, what bowed before you this time, a clump of barley? <laughs> Not at all, Simeon. There was no grain in this dream. Then what was it, Joseph? Well, instead of wheat... The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. Isn't that incredible? What do you think, Father? 
What is this? Who do you think you are? Father? When your brothers told me of your other dream, I thought it was ridiculous. And now you say not only they, but I and your mother shall come and bow before you? You foolish boy! I... It was just a dream, Father. Well, see that it stays that way. I can't believe Joseph would do that. What was he, nuts? I mean, it's bad enough to tell your brother something like that, but to tell your dad... Well, nobody said the kid was a diplomat. But after Jacob cooled down, he started to think about what the dream might mean. Really? What did it mean? All in good time, all in good time. Now, where were we before this dream stuff started? Joseph was checking on his brothers. Oh, yeah, in Dothan. So the brothers were out with the sheep, and Joseph was coming up in the distance. And Simeon was saying, Yes, well, I know how we can make sure he'll never bother us again. Keep quiet, Simeon. Why should I? Tell me you haven't had the same thoughts. Especially after those dreams he's had about us. Admit it. What if I have? Joseph is our brother, and for the sake of our father, I will not harm him. <laughs> our father? How can you, of all people, defend Joseph on those grounds? What do you mean? Don't play dumb, Ruben. You know the real reason Father gave him that coat? I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You think Father just wanted to see Joseph in pretty colors? That coat is a mark of favoritism. It means Father intends to transfer the rights of the firstborn to Joseph, not to you. Judah's right. You have more at stake here than any of us. No. no. Reuben, we will never have a better opportunity. We we are isolated here. No one need ever know. And what of father? What do we tell him? Tell, tell him nothing. Tell him... Tell him Joseph never arrived. Yes. He was eaten by a wild animal. And if father comes looking for the remains? He'll never find them if we toss the body into one of these dry wells. Yes. And we'll see what becomes of all his dreams. To do such a thing, Reuben, you will never have the blessing of the firstborn as long as Joseph is alive. What do you say, Reuben? Are you with us or against us? All right, all right. Then you agree. Joseph must die. Yes, but not by our hand. What? We'll shed Reuben. no blood, Simeon. Throw him into the well alive. He'll die there without our touching him. I still say a quick thrust with a sword is better. But I am making the decision. Keep watch, Judah. We will tell the others of our plan. You all know what to do? We know. Yes, good. Brothers! Brothers! Reuben, he's coming. Uh, Reuben, Simeon, uh, Judah, hello. I almost didn't find you. What do you want, dreamer? Well, to greet you, and all of you, in the name of our father, Jacob. He sent me to see how you're doing. Oh, did he? Yes, Judah. He wants to know if you need anything. There's only one thing we need, Joseph. Your coat. My... My coat? You heard him, dreamer. Your coat. Yeah. Take it off. But this coat was given to me by Father Simeon. I promised I would always So wear you're it. throwing it up in our faces now, are you? Throwing what up? Your lofty position with Father. Yeah. Lofty position? What are you talking about? You know very well what we're talking about, dreamers. <laughs> Simeon, don't push me. Did you hear that, brothers? 
He doesn't want me to push him. Oh, Simeon, don't. Oh, he's right, Judah. You shouldn't push the man you're going to bow down before. Trip him instead. Oh. <laughs> now, now who's doing the bowing, Master Dreamer? I can't help my oh, dreams. Oh, no, you can't help your dreams. And they can't help you either. You thought you'd be king over us, huh? We'll give you something to be king of. That's right. Enough. It's time. Get him up. Brothers, no. Take that coat off him. Reuben, please. Find his hands. There's no time for that. Into the pit with him. The pit? No. No, I beg you, don't. Goodbye, dreamer. No. Oh, great. What? Malamy Squeegee is smearing the glass. It needs a new rubber strip. They just don't last very long. Mr. Walton! What? what? What's the matter? Did I miss a spot? No. What happened to Joseph? Oh. Well, uh, well, he toppled to the bottom of the well. He didn't, uh, die there, did he? No, no, he didn't die. Well, what happened then? Did the other brothers leave or what? Well, Reuben did. But everybody else sat down for supper. I guess throwing somebody in a well can work up quite an appetite. How mean. Yeah, that's probably why Reuben left. He couldn't stand to be around them anymore. You see, he had a plan. After everybody left, he was going to come back, get Joseph out of the well, and return him to Jacob. So that's why he talked them out of killing him. Yeah, that's why. Only while he was gone, something happened he didn't quite count on. Simeon, come quickly. What is it, Judah? A caravan approaches. Caravan? Is... Is it friendly? It's hard to tell from this distance, but... But wait. Ah, uh, they're Ishmaelites. Oh, merchants. Well, we're in no danger. Uh, probably on their way to Egypt to sell spices and herbs. Hmm. It's too bad we have nothing to sell. <laughs> Perhaps we do. What? All we have are sheep. Uh-huh. Sheep. And, uh, one slave. Slave? We have no... You... You mean it's better than carrying around a guilty conscience for the rest of our lives? After all, as Reuben is so fond of reminding us, he is our brother. (laughs) (laughs) What'll happen to Joseph? Find out when our adventure continues right after this. Focus on the Family and Adventures in Odyssey present the Imagination Station books, an exciting series for readers ages 6 and up. Through wit's greatest invention, young readers will travel to the Colosseum in ancient Rome and a longboat in Greenland. I got my wish! I am Eric the Red! They're Vikings! And there's so much more. When you visit theimaginationstation.com, you can find study guides and devotionals, plus fun family activities. The key to adventure lies within your imagination. The Imagination Station books from Focus on the Family and Adventures in Odyssey. More information at theimaginationstation.com or 1-800-A-FAMILY. Want to contact us about the episodes you're hearing? Visit our website at adventuresinodyssey.com or talk to someone at Focus on the Family. Call 1-800-A-FAMILY with a parent's permission, of course. We always love hearing from you. And now, back to the adventure. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm going to have to get a new wiper blade for this thing. What do you think, Artie? I think I'm going to explode if you don't tell me what happened to Joseph. Did they sell him? Oh, well, yes, they did, for 20 pieces of silver. They kind of make your brothers and sisters look pretty good, don't they? 
You can say that again. I can't believe these guys. Well, neither could Reuben. You did what? We sold our problem to some merchants. Oh. What's the matter? You'll get your share of the money. How could you do such a thing? Twenty was all they would give us. Not the money. How could you sell him? How could we sell him? It's better than being responsible for his death. Besides, when did you become so high and mighty? That's right. You agreed to throw him into the well, just like the rest of us. I only did that because I knew it would be a safe place for him until you all came to your senses. I never intended to keep him there. And now he's gone. What shall I do? Do? Why, it's very simple, Reuben. You follow through with the plan. The plan? Of course. Joseph was eaten by a wild animal. I see no reason to deviate from that story. Yes, and now we even have proof. His coat. It's perfect. We kill a goat, and we spatter its blood on it. Then we take it back to Father and tell him it's all that's left of poor Joseph. What do you say, Reuben? We'll abide by your wishes. After all, you are the oldest. Do it. Oh, oh, no, God of my fathers, no. Is it, is it Joseph's coat, father? Oh, yes, yes. Father, don't. A wild animal has eaten him. Oh, oh, Joseph, my son, my son. Tear your garments, put on sackcloth and ashes for your brother. I will go to my grave. Morning for my son. <laughs> Poor guy. And all that time he didn't know that Joseph was still alive. That's right, he didn't. What happened to Joseph? Well, that's where the story really gets interesting. You see, just like Judah said, the Ishmaelites took Joseph down to Egypt and sold him to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar. Potter who? <laughs> Far. Potiphar. Yeah, I know. Bible names aren't my strong suit either. But this goes to show you that God has a sense of humor. Anyway, Potiphar was a pretty high mucky-muck in Egypt. He was a member of the personal staff of the Pharaoh. He was captain of the king's bodyguard and the chief executioner. Executioner? You mean he killed people? Uh, yeah. Did he kill Joseph? Nope. Just the opposite. You see, the Lord blessed Joseph so that everything he did succeeded. And it wasn't long before Potiphar took notice of him. You know, Joseph, I've been keeping my eye on you. You have? Yes. Everything you do seems to meet with success. I cannot take credit for that, O Potiphar. It's not by my hand that success comes, but by the hand of the Lord my God. All the more reason for me to do what I'm about to do. Joseph, I'm placing you in charge of my entire household. The great Potiphar, I... I'm not worthy of this honor. We both know that you are. From now on, you will handle all my business affairs. Everything I own is under your control. Manage it well, Joseph. Increase my wealth. Thank you, O Potiphar. May the Lord God make it so. Did he make it so? Yes, almost immediately. Potiphar's crops flourished and his flocks multiplied. In fact, with Joseph in charge, the only worry Potiphar had was deciding what he wanted to eat. Wow. Yeah, things were really starting to look up. Potiphar was richer, Joseph was happy, and for a while there, everything was smooth sailing. And then the trouble started. Joseph. 
Joseph. Who was that? That, uh, that was Potiphar's wife. Uh-oh, is this where the mushy stuff starts? <laughs> you might say that, yes. You see, Joseph was very good-looking, and Potiphar's wife, being a woman, naturally noticed this and, well, began making eyes at him. Eyes? You mean she wanted to play kissy-face, right? <laughs> In a manner of speaking. Leave it to a girl to ruin a good thing. Well, Potiphar's wife sure tried. She kept after Joseph every day. He didn't give in, did he? No, he didn't. He managed to keep out of her way for a while. Then one day when he was alone in the house doing his work, it happened. Joseph. Ah! Uh -oh. oh, it's uh, you, mistress. I, I didn't hear you approach. Yes, I know. You know, you have very strong shoulders. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, comes from driving the chariot. Uh, mm. Pulling those horses really builds up the old biceps. In fact, everything about you is strong. You're so masculine. I like that in a man. Yeah, well, masculine probably wouldn't look very good on a woman. Uh, is there something you wanted, mistress? Mm -hmm. You know, Joseph, I've been keeping my eye on you. Really? That's just what your husband said. You remember your husband, my master, the one who's entrusted me with everything in his entire household? Yes, everything. Uh, except you. Uh, I mean, I mean. Uh, oh, that's a situation I want to remedy, Joseph. Kiss me. Uh, no, mistress. I, I couldn't do such a wicked thing. It, it would be a great sin against God. Oh, I don't care about that. I want you to kiss me, Joseph. Uh, no, mistress. Oh, Joseph, please. Uh, no. Joseph. Oh, yuck. Big pardon. Just tell me when it's over. Artie, you can uncover your no, ears. No, I don't want to hear this mushy stuff. Nothing happens, Artie. Really? Really. Joseph absolutely refused. I mean, he tore himself away from her and ran out of the house. All right, Joseph. Well, it was sort of all right. You see, as he ran away, his coat slipped off, and Potiphar's wife was left holding it. And it made her real mad, because all of a sudden... <laughs> She started screaming? Yeah, and crying hysterically. You never heard such carryings on in your life. But nothing happened. Why did she scream? Well, that's what her husband asked when he came home that night. And she told him the wildest tale you've ever heard. What? What? Woman, what is it? What is it? <laughs> that Hebrew slave you brought here tried to attack me. What? <laughs> that's right. I was only saved by my screams. I can't believe it. You can believe this. He ran away so fast he left his coat behind. Well, what do you say now? Joseph! He believed her? Yeah, lock, stock, and barrel. And it made him furious, which is never a good state for an executioner to be in. He didn't execute Joseph, did he? No. In fact, all things considered, he was pretty nice to Joseph. He just threw him in prison. Girls, they get you every time. Well, I don't know about that. But besides, the Lord was still with Joseph, you know. In fact, the same thing happened in prison as happened with Potiphar. God caused the chief jailer to put Joseph in charge of the entire prison. Life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's still too bad he ended up in jail. Well, he doesn't stay there, you know. Remember those dreams Joseph had about his brothers? You mean about the wheat and the stars bowing down? That's what got him in trouble in the first place. Yeah, dreams got him into trouble, and they also got him out. Really? How? Well, oh dear. What? What is it? That's my beeper alarm. I got another job to get to. But what about Joseph? Oh, yeah, well, I, 
I guess I'll have to finish the story next time I come. Of course, I know this might tax you some, but you could try reading it for yourself. Yeah, I guess I could. Good man. Well, I gotta be pushing off. Oh, by the way, how do you feel about living in a big family now? Well, after hearing about Joseph, it doesn't sound too bad. I thought you'd feel that way. But I still have one complaint, though. What is that? I want my own toothbrush. <laughs> On that one, Artie, I don't blame you. Not one little bit. Looks like Artie has a new appreciation for his large family. It also looks like we've left Joseph in a very tight spot. What does his future hold? There are two ways you can find out. Number one, tune in again next time. And number two, open your Bible to Genesis chapter 40 and start reading. Well, that's it for this adventure. If you ever want to write to us, we'd love to hear from you. Our address is Odyssey, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80995. In Canada, write to Box 9800, Vancouver, B.C., V6B4G3. And when you write, don't forget to ask about how you can get a copy of this broadcast. Just mention today's date in your card or letter. The address once again is Odyssey, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80995. Adventures in Odyssey is a presentation to focus on the family. Bernard and Joseph was written and directed by Phil Lawler. Our production engineers were Bob Luttrell and Dave Arnold. Our executive producer was Chuck Bolte. And I'm Chris, hoping you'll join us again next time for more Adventures in Odyssey.